You know, some people love the holidays because of the eggnog, the presents, the family members, the trees, all the stuff. I love the holidays because it's twippy season, ladies and gentlemen. The twippies have kicked off today. And on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, I'm going to interview Dave Sanders, who's designer of Highway Pinball's Alien Pinball Machine, because you might have noticed that this game is starting to tease itself as having a triumphant return into the pinball marketing landscape. So I wanted to talk to Dave Sanders about his thoughts and his feelings on Alien Pinball coming back into the world. And I think he's going to clarify some of the things we've been speculating about this game. But before I do that, a couple news items to talk about on this show. First and foremost... Before we talk about the new Twippy voting standard that's going to take place this year, I don't know about this. I think they might be trying to set up a system that's going to make it harder for Canada to win, but I'm not worried because we have the best fans in the world. Before I go there, I want to talk about another interview. Now that I've fixed my computer and I can do interviews again, this show is going to interview on December 3rd, which is just in two days. December 3rd, you heard it here first, you are going to get an interview with Gary Stern. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview with Gary Stern. And I think it's the only Gary Stern interview happening this week. Is there another one? I don't know. I don't know. But tune in December 3rd for Canada's Pinball Podcast, a super awesome exclusive interview with Mr. Gary Stern. All right, so let's talk about the Twippy voting system this year. And for some reason, for some reason, the Twippies, which have always been the People's Choice Awards in which people get to vote for their favorite, their favorite in the world of pinball, their favorite designer, their favorite light show, their favorite podcaster, their favorite streamer. The show has gone off for three years now. But all of a sudden, they've decided to change the way the voting is going to work. So there's now a new voting format in the Twippies, and I want to read for you what the new voting format is. And you tell me that this is not this is not totally such a new format that will actually work against a podcaster like myself, and I'll describe why. But let me read for you the new voting format. This year, people can choose their top two write-in nominees for each category if they wish. These votes will determine nominees for the drop-downs in the January voting. Okay, that's fine. We know we're going to make it into the main voting of the year. We will be one of the podcasts you can pick. But then here's the part where it gets super funny. During the January voting, voters can choose their top three for each category if they wish. This will count as three points for the first pick two points for second pick, and one point for third pick for January voting, and will determine the winners of the category. Okay, so if the category is favorite pinball podcast, let's talk about this category. This means that if I get your number one vote, I get three points. If I get your, I'm the second favorite, I get two, and I'm the third favorite, I get one, and if I'm not on your top three, I don't get any. The problem with this system is simply this. What if you are like Canada? and you are a polarizing pinball podcaster. I am either going to be someone's favorite, or I am most likely not going to be on your list at all. But I might have the most amount of favorites, and I might not be on other people's lists as one, two, or three, but I might lose, and I could very easily lose, to someone who accrues the most number two votes throughout everyone's voting, right? 
because people are more likely to put a podcaster as a second or third option that they're, you know, they don't have strong feelings for or against, but they just might enjoy that show. I don't think I fall anywhere into that category. I think you either love this show or you hate this show. But I do know this. If we were only counting people's favorite vote, your favorite vote, I'm going to get a lot of people's number one pick, but I'm not going to be your second or third favorite. I'm just not. I'm not that kind of guy, and it's not that kind of show. And I think this unfairly does, does give people who are challengers to the favorite selections a much greater chance of sneaking in, of sneaking in a victory. Now, look, I still think that we have the best fan base by far. I think we have the most listeners by far. So I'm not worried about Twippy voting, but it is very, very interesting that they decided to make this change this year. And you have to ask yourselves, why did the Twippy committee, and I've reached out to Jeff and I've told Jeff this, I even uploaded onto my Facebook page a scenario which you can quite clearly see how it is very possible that someone who gets the most second place votes and doesn't get the most votes for number one or favorite can actually win the title of favorite. And this isn't just in the pinball category. This is in all the categories. So I don't like this scale because it's not weighted properly. The person who gets or the game that gets or the designer that gets the most votes for favorite should win. Now that can actually not happen with the way they've weighted this scale. But why the change? Why the change now? And I'll tell you why the change, because this is this is the culture we now live in. You can't have people walking away discouraged. Everybody has to get a medal. Everybody has to be recognized. Everyone has to be given a new chance at lifting up the leaderboard. We just can't have it be the way it is. We just can't have one person, one vote. What's your favorite? Like that, isn't that what this show is? What's your favorite? Not what's your second favorite, not what's your third favorite, but this is the thing. It's it's all designed because you want the people at the bottom of the leaderboards to have more of a fighting chance to move up. And, and it's imbalanced way of doing it. It's like when you used to play Daytona USA in the arcades, right? And you were like the leader, but the computer would assist the other drivers to make the race closer than it really is. And I think this is a move by the Twippy committee to make this thing closer than it actually would be, okay? Because then your total is not the number of votes you got. It's the number of points you got. And the way this system is weighted is all wrong. And I told that to Jeff. And I don't know why they're doing it this way. I don't know what's up with the Twippy committee. But they can figure out all these different ways to try to make it closer and more even it out. But it's supposed to be these are everybody's favorites. Not their second favorite. Not their third favorite. Not what they had for dinner last night. Not if they have a dog or not. You get an extra half a point. You know, you can come up with all these cockamamie scenarios in which you can start to arbitrarily give people points for different things. I mean, then you've got the topper category, which is like this topper cannot, like it has to be IP approved and released this year. And what's that about? All of a sudden, pinball mods need to have official licensing approval? Why? Like, what, is that, what does that mean? So, so then you just cut off half of the mod community from being able to win these awards if they need to have like officially licensed IP products, right? 
So why, why are we changing all of this? This is a niche hobby. It's very simple to understand. One person, one vote. Isn't that how it works? One person, one vote. Now we have to have this, that. We have to we have to weigh it differently. It's not, no, okay, over here. Okay, that wasn't, that's not an official endorsed topper. This is that. And then there's not even like a drop down for toppers. Yet you have a drop down of like 50 different streamers. My my God, the entire thing. It's If it's not broken, don't fix it. If it's not broken, don't fix it. Why can't you just leave well enough alone? I mean, if I'm going to win, I'm going to win. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. I don't really care. All I ask for in any damn election or any damn voting thing is make it simple and transparent to understand how you're doing it. You're changing the rules. You're changing them each year. Why? You have to answer that question of why. And, and it's not to make it more fair. It isn't. It's to even the playing field, which is not necessarily making it more fair, all right? But we're still number one. And I look, I whatever happens, happens. If we win, we win, great. If not, I will happily congratulate whoever takes uh, the, the Twippy for favorite pinball podcast. But I think you're going to vote for Canada, especially after we interview Gary Stern this week. All right, so I have confirmation that all of these Pinball Brothers tweets are authentic. These are coming from the Pinball Brothers themselves. And before I air the Dave Sanders interview, I want to just say this right now. I don't find this teaser campaign by the Pinball Brothers to be very cute. I don't find it to be exciting. I don't find this to be an appropriate strategy for a company that still has not shipped people the games they paid for. People cannot forget, again, revisionist history. The Pinball Brothers were always Highway Pinball. These were the investors in Andrew Highway's company from the very beginning. This is in some new entity. So don't be fooled. When they bailed out Andrew and then they bought him out and kicked him out of the company, they still did not get everyone who paid for their alien pinball machine a game. And so now they're bringing the game back. And so what I want to see versus a stupid teaser campaign in which you're teasing a game that already came out in which you already failed to get people what they paid for. What I want to know from these gentlemen is, are you really making it? Is this for real? Are you going to make the buyers who didn't get their games whole? Like, how are you going to satiate those individuals? And if this is a new game, when is it happening? Who's making it? And show us some proof that it's a real thing. Because the days of getting people excited with schematics, really? Schematics? I don't care about your schematics. I don't care what your plans are. The only thing that matters is that you know how to make these games, is that you have a manufacturing partner and you have a manufacturing capability that's going to deliver on this teaser campaign. And I think pinball, I think pinball companies that do it this way, that tease us with Raza and all the fancy designs of Deep Root, it doesn't matter anymore. Everyone is way too smart. If you don't know how to make a game, then don't bother with these silly teaser campaigns and these silly launch strategies that will never pay off for the consumer. I mean, most of the pinball companies out there, even when they're reputable, even when Jersey Jack Pinball gets us super excited about Guns N' Roses, look how hard it is just to get those games in boxes. And look, I will say this, if Alien Pinball comes back into the world, the demand for this game is going to be humongous. If they put a new artist on this game and it looks stellar, like if Brian Allen jumps on this game and has a huge alien and xenomorph in the middle of that playfield because I think they're going to ditch the screen, the demand for this game will be through the roof. And I hate to say this, but we all know 
that if this game comes back and if Bally Williams' cabinet and it looks amazing with what's in this game and they improved everything that was wrong with the highway game, people will step over the carcasses of those who got robbed by Andrew Highway just to get one. And I wish I didn't say that and I wish that weren't the case, but this is alien, people. It's alien, and if the game is built much better and can be manufactured at volume, they are going to sell this game. Now, the big question mark, which Dave does not answer, I'll just tell you that right now, is who's making this game? When is it happening? How much is it? And I think the only thing that would make total sense to me is if Chicago Gaming Company or American Pinball makes this game. I think those are your best bets that one of the big companies in America is going to make this game. And I've been saying this, I've already broken this exclusive that this game is coming back. And if I were a betting man, if I were a betting man, I would say that Chicago Gaming Company is making Alien Pinball. That is my bet, that Chicago Gaming Company is going to make Alien. I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong on that, I hope it's American Pinball because other than that, where do you go? Where do you go to make this game? So will Canada's prediction be right that Chicago Gaming Company is going to bring back Alien Pinball and has partnered with the Pinball Brothers? It seems to make total sense. I know that they went to CGC and I know that Ryan White is denying it. And that's why I think it's going to happen because Ryan White, and I've spoken to him, he always gets like this. He's like, no, no, no. And then it's like, it, it happens. So we'll see. We'll see. I think there's also going to be on, on Christopher Franchi. So he's got some alien news or exclusive he wants to break in the middle of December. So we'll see what that is. Maybe he's interviewing the Pinball Brothers or maybe it's that it's going to happen over at CGC and he's been working on it a little bit. So not sure what the case is. So imagine if that's the news that Christopher Franchi, whose art package and his art style would work so well with Alien. Imagine if he is reworking those assets for Fox in this game and that's what's coming out from Chicago Gaming Company and not Cactus Canyon Remake. So interesting times, interesting times. I'll tell you this, if I'm going to be fully honest, all of it somewhat fatigues me at this point because I'm so exhausted by the sheer amount of titles that are already out and now we've got this hanging over the community. We've got Alien possibly coming back. We've got Cactus Canyon possibly happening soon. We've got Raza possibly happening. Led Zeppelin. You know, I mean, it's like, and we just, just allocated all this money to Avengers and Guns N' Roses. This hobby, I mean, I swear, some of you guys, are you, are you guys all multimillionaires? Because how can this hobby maintain and sustain itself under the weight of all of these titles? I mean, aren't people out of room and out of money at this point? My God, exciting times. All right, everyone, get your Twippy votes in, Canadian Pinball Podcast. We'll see what happens. We are either your favorite show or you hate us. There is no in-between. My mama always said, strive for the top. You don't want to be a B or C student. We're an A student. We, we don't want to be in the middle, but the middle could win this. Unbelievable. Jeff, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Ladies and gentlemen, let's air Dave Sanders. I want to welcome back to Canada's Pinball Podcast a man who's been on before, and you know him as Dave Sanders. Dave was the designer with Andrew Highway, who made the alien pinball design back in the day. Dave, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's been a long two years, hasn't it? It's been a long two years for bloody everyone. <laughs> exactly. Now, Dave, the reason why I wanted to have you back on is all of a sudden, out of the blue, we're starting to see the Pinball Brothers resurface 
with some alien pinball teasers. What what are your thoughts on just this from a macro level, like that this thing is coming back somehow? Well, first of all, it hasn't been entirely out of the blue. Anybody who's been following their Twitter account, um, they've been posting sort of like pretty abstract pictures and things with um, little taglines, little question taglines, and deliberately designed to be uh, confusing, just little things of colors and whatever. And then they slowly started to morph into sort of like more and more alien-related things until it was obvious that that's what it was about. And now they've just started um, posting the uh, bits and pieces of the first few schematics and that's just the point where it's just suddenly blown up. Right. So they started on October 10th with these really obscure sort of super close-ups of stuff, you know, paint splatter, uh, mm. raindrops on a leaf, like all these weird things. And then in November, it started to get clearer that it was alien stuff. And then it just switched over to being xenomorphs and absolutely clearly alien stuff and then pinball related stuff now but the 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 amusing part with the uh the actual alien stuff is they were still trying to play the joke they were still trying to play the modern art jokes is oh what could what what could this modern arty abstract thing it's a fucking xenomorph right <laughs> now dave let me just ask you do you think these gentlemen are in a position to even be making jokes and teasers when people are still waiting for their game they paid for right they not everyone who bought an alien got one oh that's getting into the history of it again let's skin it this way do you think that these guys are ready to come out with the machine have they reached out to you knowing that you designed the original game i have talked to roger yes how recently uh quite recently actually and what's the but, conversation been like well they're keeping their cards as you might expect very close to their chest um, don't expect to get anything business related out of me because uh, that's that's the, the kind of thing that they won't that they're absolutely not going to uh, divulge at this point and even if they uh, and, and even if they were prepared to uh, it would be entirely off limits for the purpose of uh, this conversation right so I mean I said this on the the, the pin side thread um, when people were asked, were asking me uh, about the schematics and about my input, and I said, well, um, basically I was seeing this, I, I could give my input on the schematics themselves, but I was essentially seeing this for the first time, and that there's like been half a dozen occasions where you could reach out and ask, well, what's the, what's the story with Alien? What's happening with Alien? And I would reply, in all truthfulness, you know as much as I do at this point. Right. So, Dave, the things that I've reported on that I've heard to a, a pretty confident degree of certainty is that these gentlemen have made Alien into a standard body game versus a wide body game, utilizing very much your design, but obviously making some alterations. Is that accurate that it's going to be standard body? From what I can tell with schematics, no, it's going to be pretty much the same game. Uh, I could tell that from the underside of the playfield, 
and from where the mechs were positioned, where the T-nuts were positioned, there's probably a little bit of shifting about um, to make certain things fit, because um, what they're doing, one thing I can Im immediately tell that they're doing is they're not using the uh, parts that were designed for highway pinball purposes. They're not using the flipper plates, for example. Um, those look much more like WMS ones to me. Okay, you can tell by where things are laid out right now that this is pretty similar in terms or, or exactly to your specs that it's wide body. Because this is that's big news because yes. we thought it was going to be yes, standard it body. It's definitely wide body. All, the, all four flippers are there. All four flippers are in the same place. All the shots look like they're uh, they're uh, in the, the same place. What they've done above the play field, I mean these the, these being well the first the first schematic that they showed was below the play field, so um, I had to judge it based on that. There is there is one uh, thing I can say. If they are going back to uh, Williams standards, then there's one specific difference. And this is to do with the cabinet. The Williams games, as you know, uh, the play field is it's, it's hinged with the two points close to the top of the play field. Right. And the play field rests on that and it also rests at the bottom and there is nothing in between. The highway pinball, the play field would rest on rails on the inside of the cabinet that came in about around about half an inch on each side what that meant was you could put you could put screws in you could put t-nuts in because you could embed those into the wood underneath but any mechs that you were going to put in the plates could not clash or the mechs could not clash with that half an inch space and by going back to a williams kind of uh, of uh, system that space that uh, wasn't available to me before because it was a bit of a restriction. Right. That uh, place, that space under the uh, play field, uh, they can use that again. So they can put in things like uh, Williams Max and utilize that extra half an inch, which would make it easier for them to um, put things in. And I'll give you one specific example with this. I could see with the uh, schematic that they put up, they've got a second magnet in there. Early... Well, actually, until quite late in the design process, but one of the original things that uh, Alien was going to have was uh, a magnet in the chest burster area. The intent was that it could snatch it out of the um, the lane and provide an extra feed from uh, for the uh, upper flipper. Okay. Uh, but the problem was that the magnet had to be uh, had to be so close to the edge that I found that uh, it was gonna it was going to clash with the uh, rail that the playfield uh, put it on. And we tried thinking about uh, various workarounds to, to make this work, like, say, a diverter from above that would uh, come down and sort of, like, nudge the ball onto the magnet. But we started really, really, really overthinking. And eventually, um, Andrew just threw up his hand and says, said, do we really need this? Do we really need two or three devices just doing this one thing? And as soon as he said that, the obvious answer was, well, no, we don't really, um, as, as long as we can uh, compensate for it in other ways. But 
that second magnet is definitely on that schematic. It might just be there to stop the ball so it has a nice slow feed to the flipper. It'll just drop it on it to make it easier for making things like the ramp shots from that upper flipper. But the magnet is definitely there. Okay. Now, and, and that is where the magnet was with your original schematic? Or did they... Like, who's, who's working on any of this additional design, if not you, right now? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. But is that where you had the magnet originally? The, 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 the magnet was in that relative position above the uh, ab- above flipper. But the important thing is that the magnet is definitely there. Okay. All right, so any other major changes? Is the screen still on the play field in the middle? Well, those square bits that you're seeing, those are, those are the uh, circuit boards. As for the screen itself, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't see any uh, cutout window, but uh, I do know that trimming off the bomb was uh, one thing that uh, they were really wanting to do because the bomb on the the, the highway pinball version, because all the, the shenanigans that went on, all, all, all the pissing about and trying to add things or whatever at the 11th hour the bomb did get kind of overinflated there's there was there's was definitely room trim the bomb one way or another right and and if you lose that screen i mean it's that screen is showing you pretty much exactly what's on the larger screen correct yes it's a mirror of what's uh, on the larger screen now there was the cool radar mode right where you're seeing the almost like the shots yes. and where the aliens are located the, the motion tracker well you weren't seeing the shots you were you weren't seeing the shots themselves you were seeing sort of like the proximity that the aliens were sort of like coming towards you and the game would also shout range x meters or, or, or whatever whether or not you actually lo- you would actually lose anything from the screen not being there i mean there's you look at the thread there's people saying there's people saying they do there's people saying they don't it was two years ago i mean i do remember i did like the the way the the ambush multiple works on the screen uh on the uh small screen but i i don't know at this point if i'd actually miss it and i i do know having read so many threads about alien ownership that they were having issues with getting that screen level on the play field. The other part too, not for nothing, but that's a huge chunk of real estate where you could have beautiful alien artwork. Cause that's the other thing I think a lot of people are wondering. And I was reading uh, Oric Lawson who did the original art package has not been in touch with the pinball brothers, which leads people to wonder if there will be an all new art package with this game. Have you heard anything about that? Nope. Can't say that I have. I'm going by the same information that everybody else is uh, at the moment. I have deliberately refrained from asking about particular things like that because, well, I got to keep my mouth shut. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, why, why would they tell me? I mean, it's so. So, Dave, just curious. So, you haven't heard from the Pinball Brothers in in a couple of years, and then you recently heard as they were turning on this teaser campaign. So, do you think that releasing these schematics November twenty eighth, right, just a couple of days ago, that this is 
an indication of a game about to be announced? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, but why do it then, right? Well, let me put it this way. Let me put it. Let me put it this way. If this thing does happen and uh, it does come back onto the manufacturing blocks, and everybody who wants an alien, that there's still the demand for the alien, that that demand can be met, regardless of how many total sales, and regardless of the time scale that we're talking about here, because I have no clue about that either. As long as they can, as long as, if this actually happens, this will be the kind of healing step, if you like, that I really kind of needed. Right. Um, I mean, COVID, COVID notwithstanding, uh, everybody went through so much shit with Andrew. And there was a point after Highway Pinball folded where during tournaments and uh, and things where there was uh, a, an alien as part of the tournament, I couldn't bring myself to even sort of like really look or play at the thing for any real particular length of time without the, the kind of, you know, the traumas starting to come back and having to sort of like disengage and, and, and go upstairs and just try and relax and shit because that, that that thing was that thing was literally giving me pain at one point right. yeah just the, the very sight of it made it too painful to enjoy seeing it but let me ask you something dave and, and i'm wondering yeah, if Auric felt the same he had to sell his who did Auric, if you remember yes he he couldn't even hold on to it and he was saying today how this whole thing and i think you 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 feel the same way it was a labor of love for all those involved and he didn't make any money off of it. In fact, he lost a lot of money with all the time he put into the project. And I think everyone has a similar yeah. message that when it was done, you guys were really proud of the game you made, but the painful journey. But we couldn't enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah. We were, pr we were proud of what we did, but we couldn't enjoy it. But it's a good two years. It's well over two years later now. And if this thing were to come out, and especially come out in the form that it looks from the schematics that it's going to come out in. I mean, those those schematics are definitely not... Uh, one person, at least one person, has speculated uh, this on the thread that, oh, they're just reprinting the, the, the highway pinball schematics. I mean, uh, is there any... Uh, what, are we, what are we really supposed to be getting from this? But I can tell you, no, that's not what you're looking at. Those are all new schematics. The newer one that they put up, which showed the uh, ramp area and the hypersleep area, you have positions for optos on that. So you've got opto ramps now instead of microswitch ones. They've taken the, the microswitches off. Uh, so those are brand new. But what I'm saying here is, given the amount of time that has actually passed, the machine would still have my DNA on it. Um, I could still point to the, the machine and say, I did that. But enough time has passed, and there'd be enough distance if you like between um myself and the machine again that i can actually get excited for the thing again i mean i really do want to see uh what they do what they uh what they put out what else what else they've done with it and 
More to the point, I actually want one. Well, and that was a question I was going to ask you, Dave, too, because when I hear people talk about Alien, and it's not just the people who own it, but I've heard nothing but incredible experiences with the game, and everyone says it. If this thing just worked right, I know there's a lot of out-of-the-box issues, the design and the code in this machine is so well executed that if you can just get the full package together, this game is going to be an incredible pinball experience that a lot of people are going to want to have. And do you feel like we could get there, Dave? I mean, it's it seems this is closer than nothing, right? It's definitely closer than nothing. It also it also makes perfect sense for the uh, for, for the game to be as close to what it was physically as a layout to remain a wide body, to have all the shots, to keep everything in it, because you've got that code. You've got all the the audiovisual side. You've got all the stuff the American team did that everybody loves about the game. Why would you flush that down the toilet? You would have to, um, you would have, you make, you make it into a standard body. You would have to take stuff out. You would certainly have to take stuff out with the shots because there are so many sort of like crisscrossing cross play field angles. Uh, they all intersect each other and layers upon layers with uh, with the design as well. I mean, out of all the designs that um, I had at, at Highway Pinball, the most geometrically complex one was Alien. Right. You could not just cram that into a, a standard body and lose nothing there's no way that was going to happen so it was either so especially if if the if redevelopment costs were part of the equation what you'd save from uh making a, a standard body design out of it you would have to spend in uh redevelopment and time costs and uh, everything else with the code again. So what would you really be saving? But you've already said, Dave, you can see from that underneath schematic that it's the same design as the wide body. Maybe what I've misheard or what people have misinterpreted is that it's going into a... Is this even like accurately to say it? It could go into a standard Bally Williams wide body cabinet. And I think what people mean is that the highway cabinet was Andrew's own design, that it's going into a Bally Williams standardized cabinet that's a wide body. I don't mean, I don't even know if that's accurate to say it that way. You mean a super pin? Well, I mean, you mean the, the super pin side? Yeah, I mean, the, the, um, yeah, what's the, is there like a proper terminology for a wide body Bally Williams cabinet? Um, well, yeah, the whole format was, I mean, it was the super pin line from okay. the, the half a dozen games from Twilight, Twilight Zone, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, Red and Ted's Roadshow. Those were, those were referred to as the super pins and the, the, the play fields were a, specific size it was 23 inches wide by 46 inches um long and that was the format that i used for uh design for the uh, for the high for the highway games now that means some of the stuff that the lit up cabinet artwork that might change and be more of your traditional standard cabinet artwork um but all that stuff right i mean what i always hear about alien what make what makes this game so praised by people is the the way it immerses you in that alien world the light show the 
call outs, the atmosphere, the, yes. the atmosphere, I think is the best word, like the atmosphere around yes. this game. And none of that's going to be lost. The, it's exactly the same thing that you say about Guns N' Roses. Right. It may, it may not have absolutely everything that you think of in there, but when it comes to the immersion, uh, it's like greater than the sum of its parts. Right. And that's what pinball is supposed to do. It's supposed to transport you into the world you love of that theme. And, and each game goes about it differently. And it's not just the sum of the toys. It's sometimes it's just an experiential thing. And I think alien is a lot like GNR in that aspect. Yeah. And it it took GNR to actually, um, for this to click with you. Yeah, no, it did. I mean, I've been like, Oh, where are the toys? Like, where's the complex mechs? And I'm like, well, what if the actual machine itself is the experience and you can't look at it Mm. one mech at a time. You just got to say, Hey, did I, did I just feel like I was in the alien movies right now? And if the answer is yes, did I just feel like I was at a GNR concert? If the answer is yes, then the machine maybe has done its job in, in transporting Mm. you there. That's certainly what the American side of the team did. This brings up an interesting question. I mean, you, you've had all sorts of, I mean, your, um, your criticisms of Iron Maiden, for example, uh, I've always been along the lines of I don't see what's in here. I don't this this okay. It looks nice. Um, it flips nice, but I don't see anything in here. But you're not an Iron Maiden fan. Do you think if you were an Iron Maiden fan, you would have come to this conclusion with Iron Maiden sooner than you did with Guns N' Roses? You know, it's it's an interesting question because I don't when I play Iron Maiden. Two things are going on in my head when I play it. One is, I know this game was designed as Archer. So I know from, from the beginning... It, That's true. <laughs> That's that. You know, they just layered on the, the Iron Maiden theme. So the stuff that's in that game, I know from a designer standpoint, it was never intended to be made in at the beginning. But also, like I don't know exactly like what's the goal of iron maiden in the game um i haven't played iron maiden very much some games that will transcend the music itself and there are some that do not right i personally don't think iron maiden does it's meant to be iron maiden i guns and roses i definitely want to play guns and roses for the whole experiential thing it's not my sort of music either but i did like the data east guns and roses yeah, it's interesting because music pins all go about it differently. The, they do. You know, like I would argue that the Aerosmith toy is probably the coolest. The toy box is probably one of the coolest things in these music pins. But ultimately, I think all music pins are really designed for fans of those bands that want to just have an awesome, like fun way to rock out to their favorite music in pinball format. And what GNR does that none of them have done before is try to make the pinball machine reflect what it's like going to see that band in concert. So that's what I yes. think what I love about GNR was just the unique approach to how Eric thought about it from a creative design standpoint that that had never been done before. Ooh, it would have been done with Queen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, I, I, I looked at, I look, uh, um, I look at Guns N' Roses, and I think, well, that's kind of what we were trying to go for with Queen, because that's what the uh, the band wanted. So speaking of Queen, speaking of Queen, so this has been something that I've rumored to be possibly switching over to a Stern title in the in the near future. Was Queen designed by you, Dave? Is there like a Queen layout somewhere in the files of a computer somewhere, and on Andrew's like? boat that he's rolling around in well queen queen was given to barry 
once we had all the stuff about the, the stuff about the licensing, once that was sorted out, and we knew what they wanted for the game, I mean, I, I, I put together preliminary designs and concepts and layouts for uh, for, uh, for Queen. So, what did the band want? The band wanted the live aspect. Now, the thing about Barry's work was feedback that he was getting from Andrew was god awful. Barry ended up working on three games at uh, one time. And Queen was, I think, the one where he was least allowed to sort of, like, be himself, as it were. So when, we, when we'd had these Skype calls with uh, Andrew, myself, Andrew, Barry, but what would predominantly happen was Andrew would, would have thought of an idea in between Skype calls and then say, oh, can we squeeze this in here? Can we put this idea in here? And then Barry would have to go away and then just sort of like cram everything over to get this new idea in. That's really, really not how you're supposed to design a game. You really do need to have as much in your head as possible, as, as, or as much down on paper of the things that you want and the things that you can do before you start really drawing things up. What was the worst thing he suggested? That Was there anything specific that you guys were like, oh man, really? Oh God, yes. Wasn't to do with Queen, but, but um, the very, very worst thing that Andrew ever suggested, and this scuppered this thing right from the start. Oh my God. There was a game where uh, the very first thing Andrew said about it was he wanted it to have a 14-ball multi-ball, and he wanted some kind of ski lift kind of system in the shooter lane that would deposit balls to a secondary area to uh, to be kept for multi-ball and the only reason he wanted the 14 ball multi-ball on this game was to break apollo 13's record what game was that ah well I don't know if I can actually say because I don't know where things are going to uh, going to stand with that design. I mean, I did do quite a did do quite a bit of uh, stuff with um, Barry with some of these. Uh, did the number fourteen matter, or was it just an arbitrary no, thing to beat the no, Apollo it was, thirteen? It was, it was entirely arbitrary. It was before any design had even started. Andrew would basically. Guppered this thing with that with that bloody idea um, before we even started. So it was it was one of those things where once Andrew had gone, first chance we got, <laughs> we ditched that fucker. He Andrew walks in. He's like, "Hey guys, I couldn't afford the Friday the thirteenth license, but I did get us Friday the fourteenth. So uh, let's get no, to work well, on this." <laughs> it wasn't anything to do with oh man any other like crazy i now do you, i mean does it feel more cathartic now for you to talk about some of these crazy highway stories does it feel good to just air them out or <laughs> it it's more like i kind of gotta get them out otherwise i'll go fucking nuts ask me about ask me about the plastic and metal dick on full throttle yeah let's do yeah, tell us about it yeah the chain loop accelerator. Oh my god! <sighs> when uh, full throttle became 
full throttle. One of the ideas, all the stuff that made it full throttle over and above my design, none of that was my idea. I am distancing myself from it fucking immediately, all right? <laughs> none, none of the stuff, the things like the spinning wheels. The spinning wheels were originally going to be, this was actually a good idea if we could have made it work. But uh, Oleg Koropanov took one look at the idea and said, those will never stand up to any, uh, anywhere and tear. The spinning wheels were originally intended to be sort of like spinning bumpers that would raise above, uh, up the play field. Uh, sort of big, like big, thick rubber cylinders that you would have to shoot between. Okay. Uh, and I planned the shots around those. Um, that's why, one reason why they're, they're that size, because they were the size of the motorbike wheels on the uh on the play field i mean as 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 spinning wheels i mean the, the things were absolutely bobbins they 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 did they did they virtually didn't do jack shit so um but this chain loop accelerator was this thing it was the it was supposed to be this thing that was um like the supercharger on getaway it was like doing the, the ball doing uh stunts in a loop now the problem with the thing was the big problem with the thing was from a uh, from a mechanical and from a physical standpoint. I knew immediately this thing would never work, not in a million years, because the point of the uh, of the uh, getaway supercharger is first of all it's horizontal; it's always lying flat. Right. And second, and this was the way it was marketed specifically, there are no moving parts on it. There, uh, it's all done by magnets, okay? And you could take the supercharger, if the supercharger were to break down, if you had a fault with the supercharger, you wouldn't lose anything on getaway. You'd just not. I mean, William, Williams games were designed with this kind of code fail-safe in mind. If, if something were to break down, then the game could carry on without it. So if the supercharger was to go down on getaway, then I assume it would give you the points and it would just give you your ball back. But given that it was all magnet-driven, the chances of it actually breaking down, I mean, the only, re the only way it would actually break down, I assume, Ben Heck could probably um, tell you more than I could, but I would assume that the only way it would really break down was opto failure or if the magnets overheated right and the magnets are uh, magnets are not on long enough for it to overheat they could they're just continually pulsing but anyway the chain loop accelerator the thing with the chain loop accelerator is it wasn't horizontal it was vertical so you were expecting the ball to be able to sort of like loop up and around and go a distance and then come back down and it was sort of like squeezed to fit into the um, around the area where there was already sp there was space allocated for sort of like a, a roundish kind of, of of toy. So it was trying to squeeze into space that nothing had been intended to squeeze into. And I just I. I hated the idea of the thing. Even if it even if it actually worked, I hated the idea of the thing. Because it was it wasn't quite a loop. It was sort of like it's sort of like a, a, a big a big half loop at one end. Right. And then a sort of like a smaller half loop at another at the other end, okay? And now you can see where this is going. Um 
when we finally got the the, the, the first mock-ups of the, uh, the, the, the the chain loop accelerator frame back, the, uh, the metal loop with the uh, plastic guards around it, and we got this thing back. Andrew was not in the room when, when we had back this thing, <laughs> but we were holding this thing in our hands, and we could suddenly see what shape it was. Oh, my God. And the size that it was. <laughs> I mean, just... It was lit- literally looked like a plastic and metal dick. It literally did. Oh, my, and, and it was like, yeah. We, we, we... <laughs> I mean, but isn't that what Full Throttle's all about? Isn't that why they call it Full Throttle? Laughing our asses off. <laughs> the way this thing looks and just like even going so far as to just like just do pretend dick pics with it because it looks so goddamn phallic. <laughs> oh my god so when so this leads me into uh, another thing about the alien design I mean after <laughs> after the um, yeah so, so first moment I got that that, that Chilub accelerator that was not going anywhere near full throttle in a million years, but it made me it made me that much more wary of Andrew's ideas, not just from a conceptual point of view, but from a logical and a visual point right. of view. So the next thing that came up, this was when um, oh god, this was Alien. When we were, we were trying to figure out what to do with the chest burster, um, how, to, how to get have a good chest burster effect on Alien. My preferred idea at the time would have been to have some like field area where you had someone, a dead trooper, sort of like sprawled on his back, and uh, sort of like uh, a bloody stomach area. And out of that area, out of the stomach area, you'd have a single drop target that had the like the chest burster design so it popped up and down like uh like a chest burster actually would right. this was um this idea was i think it was vetoed at the same time as the magnet andrew's idea for a for a chest burster effect this was all on the exit to the uh reverso ramp between the reverso and the habit trail every time uh, he would have had a flesh-covered covered plastic torso on the exit of the reverso ramp. So every time you shot the reverso, the ball would go through this thing, but the ball would go through this thing and then go onto the habit trails. And I, uh, after, the, after the full throttle, the bloody chain loop fiasco, the very first words I said, I knew exactly what this thing would look like when it, uh, when it came out. I, I just, I just flat out said to him, "There is no way I am putting a shitting ass on this game." <laughs> oh man! So, as a designer, is yeah. it just annoying when you have someone who doesn't understand design or geometry or just optics, like how stupid something's going to look, to have them weighing in and trying to sort of armchair quarterback the design of a pinball machine? Well, the thing is. You do need a fresh pair of eyes because it's very, very easy to get. It's very, very easy to get too close to a design where you can't see the bigger picture. You're too focused on what you're doing. Okay, 
you have to have somebody come in periodically with a fresh fresh pair of eyes and tell you from their perspective either that's not going to work or i don't like that feature well it's a new day now right dave so where do you go from here so Recently, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are the design behind the Punny Factory game, right? Yes, I did Punny Factory to their brief to the, uh, I was working, I built it up in uh, Visual Pinball first. And I still use Visual Pinball as a design tool because I bought this large pool of um, accurate components that I use. And I uh, test the geometry of shots and things uh, with it first. And with with Pony Factory, I mean, we knew that this was going to be, I mean, just as Mafia was essentially Team Pimble's first draft, Pony Factory, they, um, they wanted to know that we could give them what they wanted and that we could also put our two penneth in and say, well, how about if we do things this way? How about if we we can do this, but we can, but we need to do it in this sort of a fashion? How much of a synergy was there between uh, the the two groups? Because uh, see, I mean, that's 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 what we lacked at Highway Pinball was that synergy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the American side of the team ended up literally saving Alien because they were so far away from Andrew and they were so close-knit as a group that Andrew could not push them around. Right. So it was, mo- it was more enjoyable making Punny Factory for you. It was more enjoyable making Punny Factory. No pun intended. Let me ask you a question because, you know, Dave, you... You've released and designed more games in the last ten years than John Papaduke has, and I'm I'm curious, like as a designer, did you more? That's that that means more than zero, right? <laughs> well, as a designer, how, did you check out the Raza stream? I'm just wondering what your point of view I is. Actually, I haven't actually checked out the Raza stream. So, David, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this stuff. How do you feel now? Do you feel a lot better? Hopefully that this could give you the closure you want and also, you know, maybe get Alien out into the world in a way in which others can enjoy it and you can finally enjoy this game you worked on so many years ago. Yeah, it's been good to talk about it. There's, 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 there's still a lot of healing that I've got to do. And it's been very, very difficult for me, certainly this, uh, this, 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 this past year where everybody has been so boxed in. So, but yeah, I have been feeling more and more sort of like withdrawn. I've been trying to keep myself working, but it's been kind of, kind of hard, kind of slow. Right. Oops, sorry. Kind of slow. But then this news comes along and, and, and it gives me hope again. Okay, seeing what they've actually done with Alien. I mean, yeah, I said, this is the kind of healing that I need. And this kind of, um, just the chat that we've had just now, this is the kind of chat, this is the kind of opening up that I need to do. Yeah, Dave, I'm happy to chat with you, you know, even off the show, you know that. And so, like, I think this community does help a lot of us sort of get through oh, this did. time. It certainly helped me at the time when the... Uh, uh, when the when the company shut down, yes, yeah. it certainly did. Well, just in general, I mean, this is why we need hobbies. We need, we need hobbies and yeah. things we enjoy so we can yeah. connect with people because this has been the year yeah. where we we have not been able to connect out in the open and out no. in the wild. So, Dave, always a pleasure having you on. And you know, here's to a better 2021 for all of us. Hopefully, this game comes out uh, sometime I'll soon. I'll drink to that, and I'm not even I'm, I'm not even a drinker. Right. I'll still drink to that. 
Well, Dave, thank you. Have an awesome night, my friend, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks. Yeah.